Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up, and welcome to an especially late, but especially great episode of Serious Issues. That's what you know. You know that if it's two days late and Wayne drops something very loudly just as you start recording, that it's going to be the best episode ever. And do you think there'll ever be a time in my life that I won't rhyme late with great and somehow think that will make up for being tardy? No. No, I don't. Also, not many things rhyme with tardy, so luckily I didn't Party? Oh, actually, yeah. It's touche. Way hey, Party, my Hardy. name's Levins. Anyway. Hello, sorry, Siobhan. <laughs> That's my name. Sorry, Siobhan. Um, it's been a hectic week. It's uh, the busiest time of the year for me for the rest of the year. Yeah. So it's just three months of pain. Woo. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, it's also the, the, the time of the year that comic book companies uh, put out as many new series as possible. Specifically to upset us, I uh, think. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't see any other reason why you would release a comic. No. Um, this is Serious Issues. Every week we review all of last week's comics, and uh, we happen to be recording this the day that the new comics for next week come out. So we're pretty much going to hit stop and then have to start reading again. Ha, 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 ha. I'm really happy about it. Even with the extra days that you were given. Still, <laughs> <laughs> still didn't. Um, so the biggest... Uh, the still biggest, didn't manage it. The biggest problem uh, that I face this week is that we have this dumb rule yeah. that, uh, that maybe it's my dumb rule that I need to let go of. I think it is. Where I give every new series a shot in our, in our opening segment, First Things First. I have a couple of uh, caveats. I will do all of them except for Colin Bunn number ones <laughs> and um, video game tie-in number ones and movie tie-in number ones or adaptations. They're good caveats. Yeah, they're pretty um, good rules. I read 22 number ones this week. I read... Three less than that, I think. Because okay. there were a couple that I was just like, nah. Yeah, uh, and Marvel in particular put out like eight number ones this week. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's, let's begin first things first. Um, the problem is I, I started these a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Comics on Wednesday, it's now Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I forget things or just start making up things, it definitely didn't happen in the books. Who um, would know? Just look, this, this is a, it's an entertainment podcast. <laughs> it's not a factual or even particularly review based podcast. <laughs> Siobhan and I do this to entertain ourselves, and hopefully you too. Absolutely. Uh, so let's uh, kick this off. First things first this week. First thing comic. I, it couldn't be anything Obviously. but this. Um, of course, uh, Siobhan and the canonically lovely boyfriend, Nate, named yep. their first child Shatterstar. Yes. Um, it's a beautiful name. It's a family name. goes back generations. And uh, named after a uh, particularly Liefeld-esque drawn character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in the 90s. Long ponytail, no feet. Big sword. 
<laughs> and uh, Shatterstar is his name, of course. And uh, this week we've got a new Shatterstar mini series. I mean, it's got to be a mini series. I can't you see it lasting very long. <laughs> um, uh, it's been written by Tim Seeley with ca- ca- pencils by Carlos Villa, uh, inks by Juan Velasco, and uh, flashback art by Gerardo Sandoval with colors by Carlos Lopez. And I don't think this will be a mini because it's like exceptionally bad or anything. I just don't know how much um, interest there is in a character who was killed off five minutes into Deadpool 2. <laughs> Spoilers. Sorry. No one cares. I can't believe um, I actually saw that. So, in this book, uh, Shatterstar, uh, of course, the uh, mutant from a future timeline. From the Mojo, Mojo World. Verse, the Mojo World. Yeah. Um, Gladiator from Mojo World. Is living in the Marvel 616 universe as a landlord uh, to other reality-displaced people. People. Yeah. yeah. Like, some of them have superpowers. Some of them are just people that are just in the wrong universe. I thought that was a good setup. Funny. Yeah, me too. And But um, we get... The first few pages, we get like a lot of backstory for each of them, and I yeah. started kind of like just like going, "Why? I don't care about this, all this backstory." And then as I realised that, oh shit, he's a landlord, and these are all the tenants. Yeah, that is actually a really cool concept. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> because it's a superhero comic, this isn't just a comic about him being a landlord, which I would love. How good would that be? <laughs> Genuinely, that would be so fun. Good fun. A rift opens up, and uh, a bunch of demons and and evil people that uh, Shadisar has fought at some point in his uh, long battle-drenched history, uh, they, they, they show up and, and kill slash kidnap all of his tenants. And now and he's going to go back to Mojo World to fight for them to come back. And Grandmaster is involved somehow. Grandmaster now is Mojo, I guess. Okay. I suppose. Uh, I thought that was like such a promising setup and yeah, then they too. just took it all away from me and I don't have that much interest in just like a regular Shatterstar comic if there can be such a thing but like Shatterstar going back to Mojo World and being a gladiator is just about the most typical Shatterstar comic you could get. Yeah. So what why what 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 is, what are you and Nate drawn to in about Shatterstar? Is it just cuz he looks ridiculous or is Yeah, it- genuinely when I got pregnant, it was a game in the back room of Kings for pretty much my entire pregnancy to come up with the like most ridiculous uh, superhero inspired name that we could possibly give my child. Okay, great. And uh, that just stuck for some reason. Great. And then a Shatterstar action figure came out the week that he was due and then he was born and it was crazy. So I think it's meant to be. <laughs> Uh, so Shadowstar number one, are you going to continue with this? Look, I'm going to give it another issue. I like Tim Seeley. I liked the art. I thought it was like a good sort of fun superhero thing. I liked that there was a talking pug dog. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the I'll same check boat. out another issue. Uh, we also got a, another number one series for another obscure character that from the 90s-ish, I guess. Hmm. Sleepwalker. I know hey, Scott, Scott Sheens from King's Comics. Yeah, Scott Sheens from King's Comics. You have 30 seconds to tell us about Sleepwalker. Who's Sleepwalker? Can I, come, 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 come have a microphone. Hey, Scott. Come here for one second. Do you mind? Can you just can you tell us who Sleepwalker is quickly? You have 30 seconds. Uh, okay, yeah. Sleepwalker is... Um, uh, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, okay, he's from the dream world. He's, he's, um, he's kind of like a police officer from the, police, uh, from the uh, dream world. So he, like, he's from a race of aliens that kind of like uh, police dreamscape and, and stop nightmares, like the embodiment of nightmares coming through and stuff like that. But he's tethered to like a regular guy. Yeah, so the guy's got to be asleep. So he's either going to, like, knock himself out, like, meditate, like, go to sleep somehow in order for Sleepwalker to, to manifest in the, in the real world. Can you recommend, a, like, a Sleepwalker series from the past that you like? <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, well, he, he had his own series. It was, uh, I had a lot of them. He was in the New Warriors, I think, uh, okay. or there was, he would always cameo in the New Warriors. He was in Infinity Crusade, so, oh, yep. so the, um, I think it was, like, the third 
one that the guys did after um, uh, Infinity Gauntlet. He he appeared in that a lot. Um, just sleeping in the background. But he's kind of like Man Thing and some other characters where you just you don't see much of him these days. So yeah, yeah, the issue was pretty fun. But um, hey, you yeah. can just review I'll this. Review it. No, no. Hang on a second. No, he can review it. <laughs> Give us less work. It's written by uh, Chad, Thanks, Bauer, Chad Bowers and, and you, Chris Sims. And you no. having a did, did you like it on a Wednesday? Yeah, did you like it? Yeah, yeah, actually I, actually, I did like it. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. I was really surprised. It was really fun. So, yeah, this ties into the Infinity Wars event. Thanks, guys. Got such an encyclopedia. Yeah. I was like, yes, <laughs> I know exactly who know, who knows who Sleepwalker is. <laughs> um, he's the most beloved member of this King's Comics team, like bar yeah, none. No one would dispute that. Scott has, like, fans. <laughs> Although, one time someone came in and, like, uh, from Japan and took a bunch of pictures with Wayne and was like, you're famous, you're famous, your comic book store is famous. <laughs> So, also, Wayne has fans. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. Art by Todd Newark. Nork? Todd Nork? Nork? Sure. Nork's great. Uh, colors Nork's. by Rochelle <laughs> Rosenberg. Yeah, this ties into Infinity War. So, I thought this was... Uh, I'm not familiar with the character of Sleepwalker, but having just been rejogged my memory by Scott, mm. I have read Infinity Crusade. So, I do remember being like, who's the asleep guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, who, who is this? Who is this asleep guy? And I was like, who is... The, in, 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 when this came out, I was like, who is this a combination of? Like, I thought right, it was like one yeah, of the Infinity yeah. War books. But no, yeah, it is just like, a, you know, this character has apparently existed even during all this time that he wasn't featured in comic books. And so, this is him... Uh, Trying, Having a nap, yeah, trying ha- to fix stuff. He basically, yeah, awakens the Sleepwalker character um, to, and the Sleepwalker character is going to, uh, like, stop what Gamora has done by combining, by by combining, like, by by following the universe on each other. It means she's made all the nightmares even worse. Yeah, bad um, news. And it's really silly, but it's excellently drawn. And it, what, who's Man Thing combined with? Man Thing's in there. Wasn't that just Man Thing? No, that's um, no, 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 Dark Starhawk. Starhawk. Oh yeah, oh that's oh, right. Yeah. Man Thing Thang Thum shows up. Good. The combo of them, and then there's going to there's uh, a combination of uh, of Ant Man and Hulk at the end too. That's a bad combo. Scott Banner. You wouldn't like him when he's angry because he'll beat up his wife. Oh Jesus! That's but it's Scott. It's really sad. Scott Lang. Oh, I thought it was no. It's Pim. No, it isn't. It's, it's Scott. fucking Pim. His name's Scott Banner. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, it's cool. Good I like jo- it. Good joke, though. Yeah, Always thanks. funny. Thanks, bro. Uh, so, I definitely will be continuing with that. that was yeah, a, absolutely. That was, that was pretty fun. More fun than expected. Um, X-Men Black is a new uh, series of one-shots that Marvel are putting out. Um, and each of them features a, uh, a, uh, an X-Men villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're all by different teams. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Mojo one, which I think is coming out this week. Not because really? I care about the character that much, but it's written by Scott Orkman, okay. who is uh, okay. behind Comedy Bang Bang. Yep, and yep, yep, yep. Uh, He's on a small, a few little issues here and there of Marvel stuff. A preview for it came out, and Mojo is a comic skater. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's really good. Yeah, it's really, really clever, uh, the preview I read for it. So, looking forward to that. Cool. But before we got that, we got this. Uh, the first one is Magneto, um, written by uh, Chris Claremont, and of course, a legendary X-Men writer, with uh, pencils by Dalibor Talajic, inks by Roberto Poggi and Belladino Bravo, and colors by Dono Sanchez Almara. Um, and uh, this is, uh, yeah, X-Men Black Magneto, and... Uh, it is just, I feel like I've read this Magneto story a hundred times. Oh, 100%. Old man Magneto makes friends with a small girl, because that's not weird at all, and then is like, I have to kill a bunch of people because I'm Magneto. And they're going to hurt the mutants. Yeah, so quick. and it all takes place in a small town diner. Yeah. Small town values. Magneto. Uh, so it wasn't bad. I just felt like I've read this so many times. I've probably read it, read it written by Chris, Chris Claremont a hundred times. Chris Claremont has probably written it three, four times. <laughs> uh, but it was, it, it was a... It was a 
I like the sort of bringing Magneto back to his good guy, bad guy roots. Yeah. That was quite fun. Um, art was fine. And then there's a strange apocalypse backup, oh, which I guess is going that. to be like a thing that's going to be in the back of all these X-Men Blacks. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I'll go, give me the Mojo one. I'm excited for it. All right. I hope it's as good as the preview was. That sounds funny. Uh, that's out today. Go <laughs> <laughs> um, to your local comic book store. We got a new series started, starting called Typhoid Fever Spider-Man. It's everyone's favorite kind of event where it just takes place across a bunch of different comics. Or each comic is like a number one and that involves different characters. So this is Typhoid Mary escaping her, um, her mental asylum. Um, and uh, the first superhero she comes across is Spider-Man. Um, and so a lot of this is a lot of hallucinating. It's been written by Clay McLeod Chapman, who's writing all of the issues that this uh, semi-event uh, g- crosses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, arts by Stefano Landini, Rochelle Rosenberg on colours. Uh, she's busy this week. She's a busy lady. Um, she does I, good colours. I don't care about the character of Typhoid Mary. I don't think I've ever heard of her. Really? Uh, she's, she's a daredevil character. Okay. And she is also... One, okay, so she has many, many personalities. She's like an evil crazy Jane. Is that it, kind of her vibe? It's like, yeah, she's, but she can also like make people catch on fire, like spontaneously combust with her crazy powers. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know when people, like, it was like a thing. It's I'm like, so it's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, we, oh, we can't give her powers of flight. Let's just make her crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good power. Women, <laughs> women, they're fucking nuts. Sorry. There's children um, in the store. Oh, yep. That's fine. <sighs> anyway, um, but so she also has like multiple personalities and one of them is called Bloody Mary. Is that correct? Uh, I guess so. I sort of found this like, I guess because I was unfamiliar with the basic concept of the character, I was like, none of this makes any sense. It's jumping all over the place. And then I figured out what was going on. Yeah. There are some clever moments in this issue. I just, I don't think I'd. Yeah. yeah. I liked the art and I'm, I'm, I'm almost interested in seeing uh, them fight her fight the X-Men. Yeah, that's which, kind of which is, that's what's going to happen next issue, and then she's going to fight Iron Fist in the final issue. Um, yeah, that seems yeah. like a. Uh, it's strange that Daredevil down. isn't going to show up, but I, I, I assume maybe he will in the Iron Fist one. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I'm interested enough. I, I think the writing is uh, is pretty different to what I was expecting on this event. I wonder uh, why they've chosen to do her. I wonder if she's going to be in like a Netflix series or something. I'm uh, so like suspicious uh, it's of Marvel definitely now. Because of that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but. Uh, I think if, if you loved uh, Lemire's Moon Knight run, this is like pales in comparison to it. But yeah. thematically, I think it is pretty similar. So yeah. give it a shot. I didn't hate it. Uh, Spider-Man continued uh, his onslaught of number ones this week uh, with the Superior Octopus number one, which is the finale for Edge of Spider-Geddon. And Spider-Geddon, the main event, starts this week. The Woo! big Spidey uh, multiverse uh, event. Yes, please. Did you see Venom last week? No, I really want to. Everyone it's says so it's so like friggin' stupid. It's great. All the girls at Queens and Kings were like, it's basically a rom com between uh, like Tom Hardy and the symbiote. Yeah, symbiote, whatever. Anyway, I very, very much want to see that. Uh, I loved it. It's terrible, but I loved it. Yeah, great. And Tom Hardy is just. Uh, I uh, love him. Like Tom, I've described it as like no one wants to be in the movie except Tom Hardy, who really wants to be in the movie. <laughs> yes, <So>. please. <laughs> that's the best kind of movie. I feel like that's also the only kind of movie that Tom Hardy does. He's like, I like this thing. I really like this thing. Yeah, no yeah. one else cares. I'm still going to do it. Like his take on Bane is still so legendary. I like, love it. That, that like he, I don't know. Like it's not what anyone expected, but it's or like, anyone wanted, but I love it. It's the worst, best. Yeah. Um, 
uh, the finale of it, like the the final post credit scene, is a five minute extended kind of look at Edge of Spider Verse. Oh. Not Edge of Spider Verse. Was it called Into the Spider Verse? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the animated Spider Man uh, movie and. Uh, Fuck, it looks, looks so really good. good. I reckon that could be my favorite movie of the year. And it's coming out in December. I'm very um, excited. Is it getting like a wide release? I assume. Yes, yeah, of course really? it is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're like, of course it is. As yeah. if animated Dude, movies the, always get a wide release. The the voice cast is incredible. Do you watch Atlanta? Nope. The, um, or anyway, the main character, one of the main characters, Paperboy, is the voice of Miles Morales' father. Great. Which is great. Um, and uh, John Mulaney, the comedian. He's Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. Yep, I knew that. Of Nick Cage's Spider-Man Noir. Really? Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. Um, I need to stop hyping it up in my head. But uh, yep. so Spider-Geddon is going to be like a, a great little int- introduction to uh, anyone that's uh, keen to kind of learn about the Spider-Verse before mm-hmm, that movie mm-hmm. comes out. Uh, and uh, Sp- the Superior Octop- Octopus number one, written by Christos Gage, who was writing the Spider-Geddon uh, event with art by Mike Hawthorne, who was one of my favorite, like, just always just kind of in the background doing good work at Marvel. Um, Mike Hawthorne. House artists, yeah. Yeah, 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 Absolutely. Uh, Wade Von Grawbadger, great name to say. Great Always inks fun. too, uh, and colors by Jordi Belair. So a really great team on this book, um, and uh, this basically catches us up with um, Doctor Octopus, who is now he's uh, like a Silicon Valley tech bro. Yeah, but he's like a, he's in a, in a cloned body of Peter Parker, but with uh, a fascist haircut. Yeah, um, and like trying to hide his feelings and his per- his identity to from from that the the, the short girlfriend <laughs> that he used to have. Oh no. <laughs> Um, what's her name? Marconi. Isn't that her last name? Yeah, yeah. She's a good character. Marconi. I like her a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, Hydra show up and demand that... Because uh, he was he was on Hydra's side during Secret Empire. And he is still wearing his Hydra-like costume. He so is, really, he, you should they, change it up. They show up and demand their tech back. And um, just as that happens, he fights uh, Gorgon. Um, and Arnim Zola. And Arnim Zola. It's like fun. And then, yeah. and then I get... I don't know how what what the spider get in part is, but it's kind of like basically it just sets him up as a sets it, uh, him up as a superior octopus. Hmm. It's fun. Yeah, it was great. It was um, good fun. So if he's going to be like one of the main characters in Spider Geddon, I think that's going to make it a fun event. I'm into it because he is still like even though he's trying to be good, he's still just like this you know curmudgeon grump. Yeah, he's just still an old. He's an old octopus in a young spider's body. <laughs> that is what the episode is called. <laughs> um, uh, so now we've got two what if issues uh, from Marvel. Um, what if is a, a, a I guess it started as Marvel's Elseworlds, yeah, where they would do kind of like uh, you know what if uh, Peter Parker had <laughs> six toes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but it'd be like yeah, like they would, they would pick like a classic event, like you know what if Thanos clapped his hands instead of snapping his fingers, <laughs> and then it would be like uh, you know it's a much sassier Marvel you, um, but. Generally single issues. Yeah. So this week we got what if Flash Thompson became Spider-Man and what if the X-Men. <laughs> yeah. What if X-Men. Um, but the first one is uh, just a classic kind of uh, so what classic. if story written yeah. by Jerry Conway um, in which uh, Flash Thompson is the one who gets bitten by the spider and uh, he's obviously a, a much more headstrong uh, spidey. Um, Who's supported by Jane, Jonah Jameson. I thought that was a fun yeah. twist. That was good. Um, and then Peter Parker... Uh, still has Uncle Ben, but then um, because he wasn't able to give a blood transfusion to Aunt May, Aunt May is the one dying. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's like I mean, it gets a bit hilariously heavy-handed towards the end when Flash Thompson uh, punches Peter through 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 his caravan. <laughs> yeah, because he still lives in a trailer because being Pe- being Spider Man doesn't pay the bills for old Flash. Um, but it is kind of fun that kind of like butterfly effect of if one person 
isn't who they were destined to be, what else changes in the world. Absolutely. And it, um, you know, it references a bunch of classic Spider-Man moments that are, it's sort of good fun. It wasn't like, it didn't change my life in any way, but I thought it was um, a good a good answer to what if Flash Thompson became Spider-Man. And it actually weirdly uh, quite well used the Unseen, which is yes. who Nick Fury Sr. is now, the yes. Watcher-esque kind of character. I love um, that and I've not seen him used well ever. I've not seen him used. <laughs> um, the other um, What If was uh, written by Brian Edward Hill. Okay, I didn't read this, which is like dumb because I like Brian Hill, but I was like, this is so... It's too much. I can't be bothered. But then I look... The, like, the end looks cool. Anyway. Okay, so it. do you like the movie Ghost in the Shell? The movie? Or, or the comic... The, oh, the, the I manga. I mean, I like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine if, like, uh, it was just the Cable and, uh, and Professor X as the old man in that. And then... Well, actually, no. Cable is kind of like the main character. I don't know. Whatever. But it's basically like... Who's yeah. Scarlett Johansson? Well... That's Cable. Domino. Oh, okay. Domino becomes that character. Okay. It's pretty much Ghost in the Shell, but as the X-Men, but it's the EXE men. Okay. It's computers. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I, Is that good? It, I, whatever. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not wild about Ghost in the Shell to begin with. Like, I just, it's not one of my things. Yeah. Uh, I think, but I think if, I, if it was, I would have appreciated this a lot more. Okay. Um, but it was fun. The art was, oh, it was cool. Yeah. I can't find the credits for, for this book. I can't tell you who did the artwork, but it was good. Yeah, because the, the, those little scenes where it's sort of, um, I guess they are in the computer or whatever. It's really cool. Uh, Giannis, um, Milan Gian, Giannis. Well, he has Giannis in his name twice. That's uh, And cool. Richelle Rosenberg on colors. Uh, it was interesting, hmm. which is what these books should be. Yeah. Uh, and they just kind of set up a weird world that we'll never visit again. Let's move over to DC now. We've got two books from DC. Uh, two number ones, that is. Uh, the first of which is the Batman Meeting the Max. So it's Batman and the Max Arkham Dreams, written and drawn by the Max's creator, Sam Keith. The Max, of course, being... <laughs> what? I don't know what the Max is. Who is the Max? What's so you've never deal? watched the Max? No. So you don't know... Who, like, no. So you're just aware of Sam Keith through what? Through Batman. Right. And through pointy ears and through comic books. Has I'm aware, d- I'm aware of done, the Max. Yeah, right. So but I'm not aware of, like, I haven't read it. I like know it because weird, of covers. I, I know it because they made a cartoon series in the 90s based okay. off of Sam Keats comics. And I, I have a distinct memory of watching it uh, one Saturday night on SBS. And uh, the Max, who was like this big purple alien. Um, With big teeth. Talking about how he needs to get back to the dreaming. So not the dreaming, so the outback. So he can save the jungle queen. And my dad looking over to me and going, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> um, it so, sounds racist. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, th- this is like a, a book in which... Um, uh, the Max is yeah, this big purple alien with big yellow claws uh, in, in Gotham. And uh, Batman takes him to Arkham Asylum in order to try and work out what his deal is. Um, and then ends up traveling via the Max's brain into the outback, which is where um, uh, he, the Max is from. Um, <laughs> and they track down... Did you read this? Yeah, I did. They, they track down like a... It's not important. It's, it, it's an absolutely bonkers story. I yeah. love Sam Keith's artwork. So good. So it doesn't really matter what happens in the book. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I just want to look at the pictures. I think the thing that I was not anticipating, because my, my, my view of the Max, only knowing it through working in a comic book store and seeing the covers and seeing the people who bought it, was that it would be like a kind of ultra-violent Mm-mm. 90s style thing. I was not prepared for how goofy this was yeah i enjoyed it <laughs> it's it's really really goofy and like philosophical yeah, yeah yeah it's real weird it's real weird it kind of um it's like what if concrete had way more jokes 
Um, but man, he just draws the best. Concrete's like, a comic, by the way. Yeah, it's sorry. The, the weirdest aside <laughs> you've ever done. <laughs> you know, Concrete by Paul Chadwick. Um, man, I, that's a gorgeous Batman. Like, I know, and wow, I love wow, 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 wow. The, 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 the bat symbol on his chest is, yes. is this really like skinny bat. Yeah, it's great. And it's the longest, pointiest ears and the best like rugged chin. Stan Keith's art is so weird and great. Yeah, it's, it's so, so good. Like, uh, it's almost like uncanny valley-ish in that it's like so realistic and then so warped. And because this is a co-published between DC and IDW, which I think IDW is funding, there's just like a billion um, variants for them to make as much money off this Probably. as possible. Sure. Uh, and the variants, some of them are incredible. Like I would, I, that's a brilliant. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so definitely check this out. Give it a little flick through. Yeah, worth it. Um, don't get the Jim Lee cover. Get the Sam Keith cover. Get the Sam Keith cover. What are you doing? Actually, that is a pretty good Jim Lee cover. It's a pretty solid Jim Lee. Yeah. If you like that. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to continue reading this just for the artwork alone, even though like the story makes no sense to me whatsoever. But Absolutely. That, that's kind of what I like about Sam Keith. He's, yeah. he's real crazy. Um, the Witching Hour is a new event that uh, brings together the Wonder, Wonder Woman series and Justice League Dark. Um, I know what you're thinking. Justice League Dark launched three issues ago. Why don't they just make this the Justice League Dark series? Uh, I don't know that, The answer is Shut Comments. up yeah, Shut exactly. up Levens uh, So The Witching Hour yeah, it's, like, it's a kind of like You know Mini event uh, Through DC It's been written by James Tinian IV Who was the writer On Justice League Dark uh, Art by Jesus Marino And that was my favourite Thing about the book Absolutely gorgeous uh, Romulo Fiato Jr. On Colours um, but so basically, I don't know. At some point in Wonder Woman's history, when she was a girl, she was marked by a witch. Yep. And various other um, magic aligned characters in the DC universe are also marked by these witches. And now the witches are showing up, or this main witch is showing up to reclaim her powers that have been bestowed on those who were marked by her. Yes. Um, and that means the destruction of everything. Oh, no. Because that's the only kind of book that DC writers know how to write, don't they? <laughs> yes. This will be the death of magic in this world or something. Um, I, okay, but I liked this so a yeah, little bit. I didn't at first. I was like, oh yeah. God, more of this insane like amount of like, you know, just, it, just info dump lore yeah. um, of all these characters that I thought I knew more than enough about. Yeah. Um, but then suddenly it becomes this like quite fun adventure where Swamp Thing and, and uh, Detective Chimp and... Man Bat. Man Bat um, and, uh, and Zatanna are kind of like the, the main catalyst in trying to get this world good again. Because and it's like, this feels very like early 2000s DCU, like the, the teams and stuff, the version of the Justice League that we have that's um, Martian Manhunter and Jon Stewart and all those characters. Definitely. That was cool. I liked this. But that's what the Justice League book is now, but it's just, because it's written it's by Scott bad. Snyder, it doesn't so feel it. like a throwback. It feels like whatever he's trying to do. Not nothing. Um, um, I loved John Constantine in this issue. Yes. I loved all of the teen witches. Yep. Like we got to see, is it Alice 13? No. Uh, yeah. Tracy 13. Tracy 13, that's right. Um, Black Alice was in the background there and a bunch of those cool characters. So I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was fun. And uh, I think this should have been the number one issue of Justice League Dark, not totally. whatever we got that, I, that I stopped to, reading. Yeah, you didn't yeah. need to um, like build up to this with the Justice League Dark. But, you know, it worked. We stopped reading after issue one and now we're back now for, I'm back. for issue four. So whatever. Damn it, you got me. So uh, well done, Witching Hour. Um, pretty good stuff. Uh, Image put out like a lot of number ones this week. Yeah. Um, this uh, first one I'm talking about is my favorite one that they put out. It's oh my called gosh, yes. Dead Rabbit, and it's the new book by Jerry Duggan with art by John McRae and Mike Spicer on colors. Um, John McRae, best known as being a uh, 90s and early 2000s collaborator with Garth Ennis on some of his better books during okay. that era. Um, Hitman being one of them. Great. 
Um, and uh, so you kind of already know what kind of uh, book you're going to be getting into. This is a uh, a retired vigilante mm-hmm. who is almost like a Robin Hood figure mm-hmm. who robbed as much as he did uh, stop criminals. Um, and now that he's retired, he lives with his um, uh, wife who is bound to a wheelchair and mm-hmm. frequently has seizures um, and is hiding that he's gone back to vigilantism um, in order to... Uh, basically, you know, support them because he spent all the money that he stole many years ago. Um, And so some of this book is told from uh, the point of view of the criminals he he robbed from. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, also, like, there's a great news report. They they do so much really effortless world building just in the first three three pages of this book. Absolutely. That you just know everything about this character. um, And then you just get a great story featuring him, you know, 15 years or whatever, 20-something years after he he quit vigilante Mm -hmm. business. Um, and uh, it gets a little bit grim. I'd say there's, a, there's an element of like Breaking Bad to this uh, to this comic book. Oh yeah, um, it's got but, that kind of gritty realism dealing with a fairly like fruity subject. And like yeah, and like kind of uh, you know the, the main our main character, the protagonist. You, you know, you don't know if what he's doing is right or wrong. Mm. Um, and uh, I just uh, I, I fucking love this. I love this. This like all those sort of um, action movie. Like, this feels like a Bruce Willis action movie, and I love it. Yes, definitely. You've got an older guy coming out of retirement to just punish some bad guys and support his crippled wife. Yeah, totally. <laughs> While he also works at a hardware store. Great. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we had a, not so much a complaint, but like, yeah, I mean, we like I said, it's like Analog, which is the first uh, image book uh, put out this year by Jerry Duggan that he wrote, um, was like pretty hard to follow issue to issue there was so much to remember whereas i feel like this is a very very focused and uh much more kind of simpler concept that'll yeah. be a fun one to follow month i mean this is much less like sci-fi than analog so there's yep. a lot less complicated world building to do and we can just jump straight into the story of this one guy yep. and it's great and the art's so perfect and looks awesome and the colors are really perfect i, I loved this yeah this is so good excellent number one so uh pick up dead rabbit that's my uh, hot hot pick of these uh 22 number ones i read this week yeah gee whiz uh blackbird issue number one came out this week written by sam humphreys and jen bartell on art get this for the jen bartell art this is sam humphreys why did i think this was someone else uh it's definitely sam humphreys because uh the character like you know narrates every single thing that she does who's writing isola not sam humphreys. no sorry, that's um the old Batgirl team. Um, Brenda Fletcher. Why, yeah. I thought this and was Carl Brenda Kershaw. Fletcher for no, some no. reason in my brain. So Blackbird tells a story a of a girl who, when she was young, was visited by a uh, like a magical being. And um, then there's an earthquake and um, no one believes her that she was visited by a magic. And now she's like a burnout uh, is she a teenager still or early 20s? But basically like, yeah. She's she, a really hot burnout though. She's like, she's way too hot. Yeah. To be working at a bar where she's been forced how'd to you, how'd take you get out the money the to get your nails done, girl. <laughs> um, so no one believes that she had this magical experience when she was a kid, and then uh, and her, she's living on her sister's couch. Her sister hates her, but she blames everything on her kind of like depression and mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. Link, which is possibly linked to this magical stuff. Um, and she's taken too many prescription drugs. I just feel like. Like we we read that Green Lanterns book that Sam Humphreys wrote, in which Jessica Cruz was this woman yes. crippled by her depression. I feel like she, like I like I, I, I don't have depression. I I know others that do, but I don't know if his depiction of it is a good one. Yeah, yeah. And I might be very wrong. I'm willing to to be wrong. I I, I it's just I, I never find his use of it particularly. It's a bit shallow or yes. a bit surface. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like I mean. 
and uh, maybe like Jen Bartel draws things that are gorgeous but maybe something that's gorgeous isn't necessarily what this book needed if we're supposed to have this character who is really going through a tough time in her life she's addicted to prescription painkillers she is working late nights at a bar drinking too much blah 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 she shouldn't look this polished i know that sounds like dumb but like i I agree with you that for sure i really I wanted to like this so badly. I, I've had posters um, in the store about it. I thought this looked amazing. I was so excited. I love Jen Bartel. I think this is the first comic that she's done interiors on. And I just feel I feel really like let down with the slightly uh, immature, shallow, fanficy vibe of yeah, this. Yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, almost every one of her dialogue balloons could be, but my depression. Yeah. <laughs> I but yeah. I thought magic was real. And she's she's quite... Like, I mean, maybe this is the point. Maybe this is part of her character arc. But she's a very unappealing character. Like, she just takes advantage of her sister and is horrible to her and is insistent that this magic is real and she wants to be part of this elite, glamorous society of magic people. And I don't find that appealing. Like, the fact that she's just like, I want to be a hot magic person. Maybe I don't I was find 14, that, like, a cool thing. I'll, yeah, maybe if I was 14. Even and, if I was 14. Okay, 13? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm sure this would appeal to a certain... Uh, well, I don't know what I was going to say. But, like, I'm sure this would appeal to some teenagers. Yeah. Um, it's just not necessarily for me. Yeah. Um, Errand Boys is another number one that came out this week through Image, um, written by uh, DJ Kirkbride and uh, drawn and colored by Nikos Kutsis. Um, and this was a pretty funny... Um, I didn't get ...sci-fi this. book um, in which uh, a, uh, like a, a dude, a space delivery man... Um, learns that uh, his uh, his father and and his uh, mother-in-law um, have died in a car crash and he is now the next in line uh, to basically be the sole carer for his brother-in-law. Okay. Who is much younger and uh, not this kind of uh, Han Solo-esque um, roguish kind mm. of would-be hero slash villain that kind of, you know, fucks his way through the space. <laughs> um and there, the, the, so he's now like, yeah, basically he, he, he's, he's forced to become father to a brother, like an alien brother-in-law that he's never really had a connection to. Um, and it got, a, got some good jokes out of it. I quite like the character of the younger brother um, who's, you know, his parents just died mm. and is now in the care of this fuckhead. Um, <laughs> Rough. But yeah, I, I think we'll give this another shot actually. I thought it was, it was, it was pretty entertaining. Um, and I read it uh, just after another sci-fi book through that Dark Horse put out that we'll, put out, we'll talk about later and this was way more appealing than that okay. I think because of the jokes it, um, it, it actually it was a genuinely funny funny. I, I didn't love some of the designs and some of the world building within this but the jokes got me through the issue and maybe enough for me to read another one but cool. we'll see that's called Errand Boys uh, and final image number one this week is Juke Joint um, written by T. Franklin um, with this is the first comic book I've ever read that has a trigger warning yeah, um, art by Aletha E. Martinez, a color by Shari Chankhama. Um, and uh, Duke Joint, yeah, it comes with a, with, a, with a trigger warning for domestic violence and sexual harassment and sexual assault um, because this is a book set in a brothel. Yep. Or a, juke, a, a juke joint. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very open-minded brothel where you can be your true self as long as that true self isn't a uh, someone who likes raping. Yeah, um, because the... Uh, the people who own and and uh, and staff the Duke Joint happen to be vicious monsters. Cool. Um, and uh, we see a would-be rapist's jaw ripped off 
uh, in the early mm-hmm. panels, and then his head, head snapped. Um, and there, yeah, there's a lot of kind of like black magic at play in this book. Um, have you got more to say to it than I do? Because I've read. No, I only read halfway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this really appeals to me that much. Yeah, you know, like it, it has certain elements of like kind of um, grindhousey, witchy uh, sisterhood, but I think there's a better version of that being done in Jordi Belair's Redlands. Which came back this week and we're we'll going to be talking about that later on. But I think Jig it is it's a very different book to what uh, Absolutely. to what I, everything else I read this week. I think it, again it reminded me a lot of early early 90s Vertigo. Yes, definitely. Like I just sure. just because they've written so many books with those same themes in this similar kind of setting. But also this is a difference because this is written by like women. Yeah, totally. <laughs> written yeah. and illustrated by women. Um, so that's definitely going to give it a, um, a different slant at the very least. Yeah, so that's Juke Joint number one, the last of our image books uh, that we're going to talk about. We've still got like 10 more number ones. Yeah, Let's geez. try and burn okay, through Okay, I didn't these. get to this one. Oh, that's such a shame. Yeah. Okay. So Vault Comics, who I are putting out... It. Vault are putting out so many good books at the moment. Mm. Like, honestly, in like the last like three months, I feel like they've started like... I felt we've gotten like so many of my favorite number ones from yeah. Vault. Uh, and this was uh, no, no, no... Guys, make sure you add any Vault comics that you want to your standing order. Because they go really quickly, do they? Just, um, it's a smaller publisher. And yeah. so if we don't know that you want... It. We won't order it. Yep. So this is called These Savage Shores. It's written by someone called Ram V or Ram 5. Great. Um, and illustrations by Sumit Kumar, colors by Vittorio Astone. And uh, this is a story uh, set during. Oh, I, I bet you if I just guessed like this, this time period, I'd get it wrong. I'm going to say 1600s or potentially 1800s, but like it's set in the days of yore. <laughs> uh, and uh, a man of quite high profile reveals himself uh, as a vampire by feasting on the neck of a young person of a young woman, uh-huh. um, and, uh, and and is discovered. And, oh, in, no. and instead of being um, basically, he, he's hunted by a vampire hunter um, and uh, and rescued at the last minute, um, and he is sent to. God, where is he sent to? I wish I could tell you. Um, man, one thing—it's it a really, really great book, but I wish it had like. Here we go. Sent to um, Calicut in on the Malabar coast. It's in 1766. Great. So in in, in between the uh, 1600s and 1800s, so I was close. Um, and uh, basically, yeah, he's sent to uh, somewhere where there is constant sunlight, which is no good for a vampire. No good at all. Um, and what's great about this, and I will do a slight spoiler just to, just uh, for the end of this first issue of this, what I hope will be a long-running series, uh, is that we, we learn so much about this uh, this this vampire. He's, he's the kind of like, we're led to believe he's the protagonist of this series. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be a book about... Um, uh, like him trying to uh, live in this new exotic locale as a vampire, mm-hmm. trying to avoid the sun and, uh, and, and, and also just trying to adjust to this new way of life. Because, mm. you know, he's originally Not in... Because uh, yeah, he's in London, I guess, in, at the start of this. Um, and uh, as he uh, kind of like... On, on his first night in, in Calicut, he asks if he's if he, if he can. He's warned not to patrol the grounds at night time, but of course that's what he wants to do because he wants to find someone to eat mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. as a vampire. And so when he does go out on his hunt, uh, he tries. He tracks down another um, woman who we see dancing um, uh, before he tracks her down. Um, and uh, as he's about to prey on her while she swims, um, he is attacked by a weird monster that is either friends with the woman or controlled by the woman. And cool. the end of the book is his Ooh. severed head being delivered to those who are meant to be minding him. Um, Great. So this, I think, is going to be more about 
the savage shores that he visited as opposed to this man's journey. Oh, that's cool. It's a really great monster book. Um, yeah, and, and it looks uh, gorgeous. Unbelievable art. Really so beautiful. great. Um, I hope a lot of people will check this one out. Um, this and, and Dead Rabbit were my two favorite number ones this week. Man, just vault. These Savage Shores. Check it out. Um, great creative team that I've never read or anything by before. And uh, a really solid first issue. Cool. Um, the Umbrella Academy. Um, it is a blobbed, apparently, uh, yep. series uh, written by um, Gerard Way um, with art by Gabrielle Barr of the uh, wonderful brother team, Gabrielle Barr and Fabio Moon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've read it. The first series. They put out like 10 issues through Dark Horse, like almost like 10 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, I have not. I have never read it because people, like when when I first started at King's, it was sold to me as like a poor man's Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. So I was like, well, I'm just going to read Doom Patrol. Um, But I know lots of people who like really, really love this book. Um, So I feel like I I wanted to give it a chance. I read it as soon as uh, digital comics were a thing. It was one of the first digital comics I bought on my iPad. Okay. Um, and I, I picked it up because I, I heard people compare it to Wes Anderson movies as opposed mm. to Grant Morrison stuff. Okay. Um, and so there is a... Basically, it's like a, a bunch of like odd people who are kind of... Uh, who forge a superhero team. But it is like... It's very whimsical and, and silly, mm-hmm. but also like takes the right things seriously in the book. So it is still a, a, quite a solid story. Um, it's being turned into a Netflix series, oh. um, which which is why uh, so much of the young animal output, output was delayed. Gerard Way was spending his time working on that. Cool. Um, and he also was writing a follow-up series to the uh, original Umbrella Academy run, uh, which sees Gabrielle Barr um, return. I'm to- immediately like, well, now I don't like you, Gerard Way, because you should have been <laughs> paying more attention to comic books. <laughs> um, well, he was writing this comic book, I guess. Um, but yeah, Gabrielle Barr returns as the artist. I think the original run had Fabio Moon on some issues as well, but I could be wrong. I love Gabrielle Barr. Uh, they're both so good. That's like, yeah. That, I, I, so that, that, that he being involved as artist is reason enough for me to pick this up again. Absolutely. I don't remember, I don't remember the first series very well. I, did have, I do have intentions of rereading it one day, but who can fit in and reread when we're reading 50-something comics a week for the podcast? Gee whiz. Um, and uh, this is, uh, you know, it's very, 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 you know... Uh, like it, 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 it's very similar to a Grant Morrison book in that it, you know, it, it throws several different scenarios at you that you're mm-hmm. not sure what to make of. It's also very similar to Matt Fraction's Casanova run, mm-hmm. which he does with Gabriel Barr and Fabio Moon. Um, uh, basically, yeah, we, we, we catch up with the superheroes from the Umbrella Academy. Um, some of them are out of shape. Some of them are out of the business. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it's very reliant on you remembering the events of the first series because I was quite lost in this. Wow. So I might wait for this to be collected. I love the artwork. Gabrielle Barr is just such a joy to uh, to see, especially uh, when coloured uh, by uh, who is it? Oh, God damn it! It's yeah. They did the really uh, like at the time. I was like, oh, cool. So the um, credits are like uh, presented as a menu. Yeah, and there's like actual. So you have to try and find the names amongst the uh, menu items. Yep, uh, but colours by Nick Filardi. Well, um, he killed it. I yeah. I enjoyed this more than I anticipated because I went in being like, Jared Wood, <laughs> poor man's Grant Morrison. Um, but it's so gorgeous and I had no idea what was going on, but I sort of went along with it anyway. Yeah. So I think I probably will go back and read Umbrella Academy at some point in my yeah, life. I think you would like it. I yeah, think, I think yeah. I probably would. It's way better than his Doom Patrol. That's always, that's yeah. classic Classic Siobhan is I don't like that thing without reading it. And then 10 years later, be like, no, actually, that's really good. Um, so I will read that at some point. I'll probably do the same as you and wait until this is collected. It's called Umbra- The Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion. It doesn't um, need our help to, to sell it. What's that? People, 
Doesn't people he... are already people are already picking this up. People yeah, already wow. love this, you know. That's good. Um, Dark Horse also put out a new series called Death Orb this week. Death Orb, a new mini series, uh, like kind of cyberpunk. <laughs> That's my stripper name. Death Orb, <laughs> um, created by Alejandro Aragon and Ryan Ferrier, with a uh, script by Ryan, art by Alejandro, colors by Chris O'Halloran. Beautiful. That's how you pronounce his name. With a blueberry flavored burp in the middle, <laughs> um, and uh, Death Orb is like a like a hard sci fi cyberpunk kind of book ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the sci-fi book I was talking about that uh, I you did just, not like as much. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Artwork's sick. The artwork's great. What actually happened in it? That's what I mean. It was one of I, I. I just kind of went along with the ride of this, you know, like character who's kind of given a mission. And it's like kind of like Mad Maxian in a way. But anyway, the main character also dies at the end of this one too. And I was like, what was yeah, the point? yeah, yeah. Where, where in these Savage Shores, I was like, holy shit. What does this mean for the rest of the series? This happened in this one. I was like, well, what was the point of what I just read? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, I'm probably not going to read issue two, if mm. I'm honest. Oh, no! I can't believe I missed this. The Lone Ranger. Oh, I hate myself. Uh, the Lone Ranger. Uh, I'm not a, supposed a, to say a, that. A property that I don't care that much about. Um, didn't see the movie. Have never read anything. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Regarding the Lone Ranger, who I guess mm-hmm, is like mm-hmm. a cowboy, yeah, he's a cowboy. He's a gay um, cowboy. Uh, he's gay, he's explicitly yeah. a gay cowboy. Oh, sick! I think so. Isn't it, guys? The Lone Ranger is gay, right? Isn't the Lone Ranger gay? <laughs> Everyone's like, what? I don't know if the Lone Ranger is gay. We're looking it up. Um, isn't the, no lo, the Lone Ranger? Isn't the Lone Ranger gay? <laughs> Wait, hang on. Who's gay? Who's isn't gay? there a gay cowboy in comics? Just, this, is the, this is the rest of the episode now. Is this now. good? Is this Siobhan good? Siobhan just yelling out to customers, is the Lone Ranger gay? Two-gun kid, sorry. Rawhide kid, rawhide kid. That's what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. Continue. Okay, right. Uh, so, unfortunately, Lone Ranger, not gay. Um, okay. But uh, the Lone Ranger in a new series uh, published by Dynamite, uh, written by Mark Russell, uh, mm-hmm. who previously gave us the Flintstones uh, and uh, Snagglepuss. So, uh, very adept at working with properties that we didn't know we cared about until he works on them. Yep. Uh, with art and colours by Bob Q. 
Um, and as this is published by Dynamite, even though it's a creator that I like, I'm always trepidatious before like going, oh, this is going to be good. This was awesome. Ah, but this was a Mark Russell. I'm so annoyed with myself. No jokes. Yeah. He didn't what? Do, yeah, this is like a very, very like solid, serious, cowboy serious book? Uh, like late 1800s uh, cowboy on the oh. ranges uh, book fighting cool. um, weird racist guys who in, in, in the South. That sounds um, amazing. About borderlines. And like you know, a lot of a lot of explanation of, of like the of, of the borderlines and taking people's property with barbed wire and that kind of thing. And um, Lone Ranger has been uh, out of touch with Tonto, mm-hmm. the uh, Native American character. Ah, that's um, who this as, cowboy is, as played by Johnny Depp in the movie. My favorite actor. Great, great idea, everybody. Um, but at the end of the issue, yeah, he, he realizes he needs help, so he goes to enlist the help of Tonto. Great. Who is, uh, uh, very uh, slow to trust the Lone Ranger again, mm. uh, but Tonto is like quite, uh, like quite threatening in this. Um, cool. we, we see him like up, up perched atop a tree, um, pointing a gun at the Lone Ranger's head. Cool. Uh, it's really good, man. This is uh, you should you should definitely read this once we finish recording. Yeah, it was I'm a killer number one, a really nice surprise. Um, and, Love Mark uh, Russell. Yeah, and if you, if you can try and find the Mike Allred. Uh, Variant, which is but really, also really the nice John too. Cassidy cover is gorgeous. Yeah, definitely. I love John Cassidy. Oh, so you recognise his very good. Siobhan knows knows a, a thing or two about signatures. Sure do. Um, Dynamite also put out a uh, new series uh, of Rainbow Bright. This you week. told me specifically to read this, and then I didn't. Okay, so in theory, this should be great. Yeah, because it is uh, written by uh, Jeremy Whitley, who uh, we actually surprisingly liked on uh, the Unstoppable Wasp. Unstoppable Wasp. Um, more importantly, the art is by Brittany Williams. I love Brittany Williams. Who was the um, artist on Goldie Vance yep. and uh, several other things that we've enjoyed since we started the podcast. Um, and the perfect choice for a kind of, you know, fun, all ages uh, book like this. Colors by Valentina Pinto. Um, Rainbow Bright is like an 80s cartoon that never made any sense to me as a kid. And I never I thought to, you know, explore in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really appeal to me at all. But instead, so we get like... This is a story in which two young LARPers... Oh, no. Um, That's not a good way to start any story. They're not so much LARPers as they are like just like two, two young friends that uh, hang out with each other and just pretend to be in their own fantasy world and okay. uh, get annoyed when their parents interrupt them. Okay. Um, and uh, one night, um, it's, it's Willow and Wisp. Um, and uh, one night, the, the blonde one um, gets like comes face to face with some monsters and is visited by a rainbow bright who is like this weird pixie thing um, who then helps her transport to the world of rainbow bright and leaving her friend um, who she laughs with um, curling out her name and and now it's up the comic is going to be split half with like her friend in the real world trying to find out what happened to her friend and then the other girl in the land of rainbow bright I am Interested in seeing, like, the real-world friend trying to find her friend who's escaped to this weird fantasy world. Um, but the fantasy Rainbow Bright stuff does nothing for me. So, I, I, depending on how many comics come out, the week that issue two comes out, <laughs> I'll give this a choice. I'll, I'll give it a chance. But it looks great. Brittany Williams' art is awesome. And uh, Jeremy Whitley did a pretty good job, t- like, like telling a story that I did not care about at all, but with just enough good... Um, uh, character work and dialogue to be, for me to keep reading. Okay. Uh, potentially more issues in the future. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, it's not it's not the creator's fault I wasn't super on board. It's the property's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, over to Boom Studios now for another uh, issue, seri- uh, another book that I was uh, really into. Um, yeah. Sparrowhawk. Um, Sparrowhawk is a book written by Delilah S. Dawson with uh, illustrations by Matthias Basler. 
Gorgeous. Um, and uh, this, I don't, I'm not familiar with either of those people. Um, what happened in this one again? I read it so long ago. So there is the illegitimate daughter oh, yeah. of a um, uh, lady, monarch. Yeah, monarch. Like, monarch, no, yeah. just a, a land, just a, a lord. A, a, yeah, totally. Like a, Some kind of rich man. Yeah. Um, and he's passed away. And so her stepmother, who dislikes her for, you know, fairly obvious reasons. Um, also possibly racism. Also she, possibly I mean, racism. Because she's black. Um, she, what then happens? So she... Oh man, what happens in it? There's what like happens? a there's like she a weird a, a weird fairy realm. a weird mirror mirror oh, yes. and, and a, and a, a being comes a, out and yes. like swaps trades places with her basically and so, and so she's we, stuck in fairy yes and so then we see the sort of fairy version of her creating mischief in her world and her trying to um, get enough sort of magical power together to be able to get home and the before way you, her world is destroyed. The way you get magical power is by killing magical things. Yeah, and so she kills a magical being and she gets some pretty sweet wings. Yeah, um, which it's is really, so really cool. yeah, really, really cool and different. Um, art reminded me a lot of um, Andrew, uh, what's another guy who does Headlopper? Andrew McLean. Andrew McLean's yeah. art. Yeah, yeah. Very, uh, but like, um, very like Euro. Yes, definitely. Um, and there's like yeah like like some sadness in this book like she in order to get the help from this one uh, magical being in fairy she has to she, he, first she's asked for her firstborn she's like well I don't have any children she's like okay all I ask is that you part with your favorite memory yeah. and her memory is of this uh, like friend of hers from, yeah. from the real world and it's like it's sad yeah yeah um, but done really really well Sparrowhawk really cool like yeah. it. Good work, Boom Studios. Absolutely. Loved it. Um, I thought I would give t- Star Wars Adventures Tales from Vader's Castle a ghost story a chance. Um, How'd it go? Because IDW do pretty fun, like mostly all ages, like very cool. Um, uh, uh, like they just a bit more lighthearted Star Wars tales than what Marvel published. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is written by Kavan Scott with art by Derek Charm uh, oh, for wow. half of it and then Chris Finoglio uh, for the rest of it. Uh, and... Uh, I I thought it was going to be like this fun story of like these guys like trying to get into Fader's castle. It'll be like a horror story trying about that, and it is. But then it jumps back in time, and it's like all of the Star Wars Rebels characters encountering Darth Vader's castle for the first time, okay. or something. I don't, or encountering the the, the play, I don't know, whatever. Whatever. I, I don't have any connection to those characters, so it lost me pretty quickly. But um, the Derek Charm present day uh, artwork was awesome. Cool. And that is my review. Nice. Um, the Lollipop Kids. Did you read this? Yeah. Aftershock published this one by Adam Glass and Aiden Glass with Diego Yapur. Uh, I forget this one. What happened in this one too? So a brother is trying to find his sister who's missing, who he used to be really close to, but then their uh, mother died in a car accident. Is that correct? Yeah. And so they um, started fighting. No, no. Or... She was shot. Oh, she was shot. Right. That would be more she's a black. She's a black character in a comic book, and that's how most of them meet their end. Absolutely. White father, still alive, but a firefighter who works shifts, so isn't around that much. Um, and so brother and sister have fallen apart, and so he's trying to find her, and then he comes across a werewolf, and then he's rescued by a group of kids. Is that supposed to be his sister who's leading them? Or is that just a I think girl? I think it's just a girl. Um, anyway, and now he's going to become a lollipop kid, who are apparently a group of magical kids who uh, protect the world from evil magic guys. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's called the Lollipop Kids. 
I feel like I would care more about this if it was not called the Lollipop Kids. Yeah, I know. I thought that, that like, I really enjoyed it. And then that final line was so goofy. And You're a Lollipop Kid. Yeah, I was like, and what's the, where, what has this got to do with Lollipops I this at is, any point? This is pretty good, but it was nowhere near as good as that Burnouts book that came out through Image a couple of weeks yeah, ago. True, true, and this true. is a similar thing, like these, you know, kids... Uh, defending the world from alien slash evil. With a similarly goofy title. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll stick with Burnouts and maybe not read any more of this one. Okay. Um, Spook House. Uh, okay, I didn't get to this one. Is a, uh, a weekly horror anthology that Albatross um, Comics, which is, um, what's his name? Uh, Eric Powell, the, the goon guy's uh, imprint. Uh, mm-hmm. Every every October, he does a weekly anthology in the lead up to Halloween of uh, just fun, short horror stories. Um, that are often quite, quite funny. So Spook House 2 is uh, the second uh, incarnation of this book. Features contributions from uh, Steve Mannion, uh, Jake Smith, um, Kyle Hotz, and... Uh, um, my goodness. Um, the opening uh, one by Steve Mannion, drawn, written and drawn by him, is called Disgusting Monsters from the Planet Glorgoth, uh, which is probably my favourite thing in the book. Mm-hmm. Just a really fun, uh, brief and like quick quick story about a zombie girl who uh, uh, isn't accepted by society but until she destroys all these disgusting monsters from the planet Gorgoth. Great. Very fun. Um, fun. Then there's a story about a haunted go-kart um, with <laughs> yeah, Larry Powell. And then uh, another highlight is um, a, uh, a story written by Eric Powell with art by Kyle Hotz, which is a tribute to uh, Bernie Wrightson and Len Wein. Oh, cool. And so it is called The Crud Kid. Um, mm. And it's just like, it's like a fun kind of goofy take on Swamp Thing. Great. Um, with excellent Bernie Wrightson-esque art. I'm so excited for that Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein Alive Alive um, collection that's coming out this week. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, looks good. Okay, cool. Excellent. But yeah, um, pick it up, man. You, you, everyone should read some spooky comics in October and this is a good one. Absolutely. Nice and fun. Good spooky comics time. So guess what, everyone? Siobhan read a comic that I didn't. I read because I, um, I still love that Antonio Banderas Zorro movie. Watched okay. it, rewatched it recently. Puss in Boots, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I had such a crush on Zorro as a kid. Angus revealed to me last week that in, uh, like, I think Chile, yeah. um, the, the movie Puss in Boots is called Shrek's Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I love it. Um, anyway, so for some reason, I decided I would read Zorro Swords of Hell, part one of f- four, um, published by American Mythology Produ- Productions. Written by David Aloni, art by Roy Allen Martinez, colors by Emmanuel Ordez Torres, letters by Natalie Jane. And this is a fairly average Zorro story where he's like, oh, I'm not Zorro anymore. I'm just going to dance and sword fight with my sexy wife and my dad. So um, Zorro is like public domain now. Anyone can write so. and publish a Zorro story. I am they? going to write and publish Let's a Zorro it. story. Let's do it. Zorro. What happens in it? It's all nude. <laughs> um, I don't know. Except his dick is a sword. His dick is a sword. Ah, <laughs> yes. Great. All right, I'm getting started on it. Um, anyway, that would be way better than this, which is Zorro versus Zombies, which I don't think is the thing that anyone needs to see. The end. Great. That's another great edition of First Things First. Extremely <sighs> long one. Oh, my gosh. And if guys. you read any of the number ones that we liked and would like to discuss them, the best place to do that is to head to the Facebook page, our group, that is. Yes. The Serious Issues Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast, where thousands of listeners and comic book fans talk about comics all damn day. There have been a lot of great posts recently about the new announcements of New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. including some of the members who are at New York Comic Con that got amazing um, solicitation no what's it called when you get when, when, when commissions commissions that's the word thank you so much solicitation, solicitation. of Gordon 
No. Sorry, everybody. Um, hey, let's talk about some books that weren't number ones, and we're going to start with DC, just because I said DC first. Great. So we'll do DCC. Batman, issue number 56. I've stopped reading Batman. Right. I put my foot down this week. I think I you would have no actually more. liked this issue. Probably. Uh, last issue we saw... Um, Dick Grayson get Dick shot, shot in the, the back head. of the no, head. You have to read it, because then we're going to do a, the... the um, put all 100 reviews of Tom oh, King's right, Batman run together. Right. Well, I didn't read this one anyway. Tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we saw KG Beast. That's, it's revealed it was KG Beast that shot uh, Dick Grayson in the head at the end of uh, issue 55. Okay. Um, and most of this issue is KG Beast uh, tracking down his father. And uh, his father shows disapproval of, of him for not being able to kill the Batman. Why did he kill? Okay. Why did he kill the boy when he could have killed the bat? So um, he didn't even kill the boy, right? Yeah. Um, well, as, as we'll learn in Nightwing 50, which I'm I'll talk about next. I'm glad you read next. that because I didn't. Um, I think you would also would have liked that too. Um, really? Everyone told me I would have hated it at Queens. Um, but uh, so, yeah, basically Batman is uh, is trying to track down KG Beast as, uh, he, as KG Beast has a discussion with his father um, and then kills his father at the end of this issue. But uh, He kills his father at the end of this issue. Yeah, because... That's quite mean. Yeah, but I don't know. I think this is like an, a, a Tom King being dark issue that works. Okay. As opposed to most of this run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I think this is like, even though I didn't like the last, the, fir- the, the first issue of this of this uh, arc, I thought this is a pretty solid issue. Hmm. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, quite enjoying Tony S. Daniels' art as well. Yeah, I feel like Tony Daniels come, come some way. Um, great inks by Danny Mickey and uh, Timo Moray on colors too. Uh, pretty good issue, 56. Okay. Looking forward to the rest of this 100 issue run. And, the, and the, the emotions that we're going to face on the way. That's so many more issues. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of 50-something, what about issue 50 of Nightwing? Um, Great. Which has the title, Once He Was Nightwing. Um, and he has a, uh, a Nightwing logo um, scar on his head where the bullet yep. has exited his head. Shaved um, his head. So he did not die um, after the bullet um, went through his head. Um, so has Scott Lobdell already... Is this Scott Lobdell? Um, no, it's uh, Benjamin Percy who okay. is responsible for Green Arrow. It's got nothing. So wait, is Lobdell taking over? Is right. Well, this was not Lobdell. Okay. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you who it was because somewhere the details are written down. I'm sure maybe at the end. So this is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Travis Moore, Chris Mooneyham, and Klaus Jan- Klaus Jansen on art with colors by Tamara Bonvillain, Nick Filardi, and John Calise. Um, really, really great art team. This book looks great. It's a, yeah. it's a bumper size issue, double size, uh, in which um, Dick Grayson has uh, lost a lot of his memories after mm-hmm. a bullet went through his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of reconnecting with the Bat family, he's decided to forget them all, forget Nightwing. He burns down Nightwing. And this is like, yeah, essentially like the fresh start kind of issue. Okay. Um, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like, I yeah. get, like, if you have, obviously, an attachment to the character, which I've lost because I haven't really enjoyed any Nightwing books in a long time. Yeah. Um, I think maybe a fresh start is what this character needs. Uh, you know, and it doesn't happen in as grim a way as you would expect. I think he is trying to put a positive spin on, on getting a new life. Um, but then, like, Bloodhaven's like, man, I sure wish Nightwing was still around. My job was way easier when he was around. Right. So there's mo- nice little moments like that. And then you have, like, the Bat family being like, we've lost our dick. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was interesting. Um, have, now knowing that Scott Lobdell is about to take over, I'm a lot less interested in what yeah. his new life is going to be like. But uh, I, I enjoyed Benjamin Percy's kind of retelling of uh, his, like, you know, we, we get, like, an older story featuring the Scarecrow in which... Um, uh, Robin ends up scaring Scarecrow and like Scarecrow is like totally terrified of Robin. Great. Um, and uh, Wow, that's a like 
shockingly sexy Nightwing. And Nightwing is shockingly sexy, as drawn by um, I don't know, one of those three artists. Whoever. Yeah. Whoever that was. <laughs> well coloured as well. Yeah, that's definitely Tamra Von villain characters because he has a, a nice pinkness to his yeah, skin. <laughs> absolutely. He looks so, like, healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed this. Like, I, I totally understand why others would not, but um, I think you maybe would have enjoyed this okay. issue. All right. But who knows? Everyone, what- everyone at Queens of Kings turned me against it. They were like. He's too grim. He's this like, am I Grayson? Am I Dick? No, I'm just a man. I ride. I drive a taxi now. Why does he drive a taxi now? Because he just wanted some job. He needs money. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Look, maybe this will be reviewed as like a horrible era of Nightwing. Maybe. But um, I, I thought this not was actually, by you. This is a pretty fun, fun, not fun, but like it was a, yeah. a solid, solid issue. All right. All right. Deathstroke. Issue number 36 sees Deathstroke now a prisoner at Arkham Asylum, um, where he... Bobby Christopher Priest. Yeah, this is written by Christopher Priest with uh, two artists, one of them much better than one of the others. Ed Benny's? Yeah, looks like Ed Benny's me. art is, is my favourite. He, he does an, an amazing job of this great fight between Deathstroke and a bunch of Arkham inmates, including yeah. a, a brilliant panel where Zaz stabs... Deathstroke in, in his good eye. I don't know if that's a, a, a flash forward to the future or something in is. their heads. Uh, Fernando Pazarin. Chris doesn't like to like... Um, I really need to read this from the start at some point because yeah. it's so like referential and so jumps all over the place. It's not very linear. Yeah, it's like... So clever. It, it, they'll every, like, you know, every now and then you'll get like a... Um, a word balloon that will have three asterisks in it. Yeah. And each of those will link to like three different issues. It'll be like, I see it in Deathstroke number nine and Deathstroke number 21 and the annual number yeah. two. It's like, oh, okay, you really need to read everything and remember every moment to fully uh, appreciate. appreciate it. But it's great. Um, I still enjoy it. Still enjoy every issue. Just yeah. can't tell you what's going on. Yeah, I, there, there are moments that I'm completely lost in, but the but the heart of each issue has the, the story is enough to push you forward and be Absolutely. like, yeah, and there's so many great moments in it. And I like this um, ongoing story of is Deathstroke crazy and hallucinating a um, sort of computer version of Wintergreen, or is it genuinely a computer program in his brain? Yeah, it's fun. Good fun. I like it. He's now he's now he gets abducted by aliens at the end of this issue. Yes, he does. Which is great, sure. Great. With this new character called Spaceman, yep. who, who I've never heard of before, but, but he's funny. But who is like a bit fourth wall breaky and yeah. funny. Yeah, liked I liked it. it a lot. Really liked it a lot. Uh, Injustice 2, I liked it even more. Tom Taylor wrote this one. Is this um, the final issue? No, not okay. quite. Still one not more. yet. Daniel Samper and Bruno Redondo on art with inks by Juan Albaran mm-hmm. and colors by Rex Locus. Um, and this uh, was... Uh, basically we, we, The we, wedding we, issue. Yeah, exactly. The wedding issue between Orca and... Um, Killer Croc, um, including a brilliant scene in which the um, still living members of Suicide Squad track down Killer Croc to say that, like, hey, like, we spoke to Rachel Ghoul and, like, yeah. you guys can totally get married now. How cool is that? Like, and it's just, like, this really sweet moment between these, like, dumb characters. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, including, like, a, a great, like, like Rachel Ghoul's wedding gift to the two of them is, like, meant to be seen as, like, a brilliant kind of, you know, uh, thing for them to appreciate and they don't at all. Yep. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. Really, really good issue. Good grod moments. Yeah. I always wish Captain Boomerang could be written by an Australian because yes. it's always way funnier, way funnier. And way more accurate. Um, yeah. I enjoyed this a lot. Great Just issue. Still good. I think, yeah, I, I know it's coming to an end very soon. It already has digitally, but we've got mm-hmm. a few more issues of in print. That's why you should always read things in print. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you never, you get to pad it out as long as possible. Um, Sandman Universe, The Dreaming, written by Simon Spurrier, Bill Chris Everly, and Matt Lopez on art and colours, respectively. Um, 
I need to stop reading this, I think. Yeah, I didn't get to it because I knew it was going to take me ages. <laughs> it's, it, looks it looks so, so good gorgeous. because Everly's art is so incredible. And so perfect for this project. I just, I, I don't attach, I don't, I'm, not getting, I'm not getting attached to the story and I don't really like how he writes any of the characters. Oh, that's a shame. Um, which is a shame because like I've, I've previously said that like I love it when Simon Spurrier is given someone else's toys to play with as opposed yeah. to creating his own from scratch. I like it when he's given a big shark to play with. Sure. That, that was a brilliant story. Hookjaw. Hookjaw. No. <laughs> it's not called Shark Knife. Why, why, why the fuck shark Knife is a different comic, though. Is it actually a comic called yeah. Shark Knife? Right. Yeah, Shark Knife by Corey Lewis, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Scott, is Shark Knife gay? <laughs> What's that? No, nothing. <laughs> shark Knife is a real comic, though, right? You know Shark Knife? Shark Knife? Am I making this you up? Are so Am I going you're crazy? On one today. Isn't Shark Knife a real comic? Oh, man, I'm so tired. Um, no, maybe this anyway. will be... <laughs> Hook, hook knife. Hook shark. Hook, shark. It's hook jaw. Anyway, um, I think this will read a lot better in trade yeah. when it eventually comes out, but uh, I, can't, I can't do it issue to issue. There's too much to remember and not enough for it to me to attach yeah. to. Fair enough. That. Um, you know what's over, great, though? Yeah, another Vertigo book coming out is Border Town, written by Eric M. Esquivel, uh, Esquivel um, with Ramon Villalobos on art with Tamara Bonvillan on colours. And, uh, man, this is such a good book. Uh, basically, it's a, a, about uh, a, a boy going to a new school, mm-hmm. but also uh, at this new school where he uh, faces uh, racial intolerance, he also faces monsters from the underworld. And, but uh, from, like, the Aztec underworld. Yep. Uh, and, uh, man, it's so weird and cool and great. And, like, at, as they fight these monsters, they're also concerned of, like, you know, being targeted by police Mm-hmm. And not being believed by police, mm-hmm. and there's just so much going on. It's it's also really funny. Like, it's really funny, and the art's so gorgeous. And this like gang of sort of misfits are so like, I'm already very emotionally attached to all of these characters. And if anything happens to Kinte, I will. Yep, he is I a good one. So unhappy. Um, but yeah, they're, they're basically a, 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 a nice monster has escaped the underworld, and all of these other monsters are chasing after it. So it has like a bit of like an attack the block kind of vibe as well. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, love, I need to rewatch that movie. I love that I movie. Love attack the block. Um, but uh, I yeah. love this comic book. I think it's so um, brilliant and perfect, and a great like if you just want like a new fun monster teen action series. Yeah, when it, would you not want that? In it's your so life? good to see Villalobos just let loose on these crazy monsters as well. Absolutely, yeah. like that double page spread where you get all of the um, sort of underworld villains. Yeah, so Man, cool. Uh, good, good shit. And Good and, and scary and not, awesome. And not afraid to get gory too, which is Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yep. And like that weird potato head dude. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Image Comics now okay. with the return of Redlands by uh, Jordi Belair and Vanessa Del Rey with Clayton Cowles. Uh, issue 7 came out this week um, after a uh, pretty long hiatus mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. issue 6 came out. Uh, and this is, of course, about uh, their witches by night, but police women by day. Yes, please. Um, and uh, this deals with some pretty heavy themes throughout um, and uh, can be quite action-packed and grisly, but this issue was uh, quite a quiet issue mm-hmm. um, that deals mostly with the return of the witch's father figure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not the biological father, but I guess maybe the one who endowed them with their powers or something like that. Yes, yeah, so I don't think they have the same biological father. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of kind of just kind of setting, setting the stage for, I guess, the next arc of this book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not we as still have one of the characters who's... Uh, someone else trapped in the body layer. There's two people trapped in one body. Yeah, yeah. Sort of vibe. Um, and uh, then we also kind of have some uh, flashes back to um, ancient Egypt 
um, which I guess is like kind of like almost like you know history repeating itself or something like that um, yeah. for, for our future characters. Um, it's such a good book. Really and Jodie Blair stuff. is like a really great writer, and I love her. Um, I love the way that she approaches all of these really dark, heavy themes, and using the sort of um, like ancient Egyptian art style as a kind of. Well, what did you just do to me? Did you just t- put something on my head? No, go what? away, Wayne. God. God, it's like working with like all of your annoying brothers. You know what I mean? God. Um, yeah. Re- anyway, I thought that was clever and cool, and I like it. Yeah, Redlands. So spooky. Really good stuff. So um, good. Could get that first trade and then yep. pick up this issue too because it's good, good stuff. Love it. Uh, Paper Girls, uh, I think, put out the strongest issue that they've done in quite a while this week. Fucking what a good issue. Issue mate. number twenty-five, written by Brian K. Vaughan with Cliff Chang on art and Matt Wilson on colors, um, where they're just going. Going for broke with inc- incredible sci-fi t- time travel nonsense. Yep. Um, and uh, they're splitting the girls up. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, bringing them together and then splitting them up. Um, Man, some really gorgeous character moments in this issue. It was a bit of a quieter issue than with a big bang ending. Oh, he can't not do an insane yeah, cliffhanger totally. ending, but this is maybe one of the most insane ones yet. Um, but I love it. I love, I love this world that he's created, and I love that... Paper Girls always... Um, this is not a quieter issue. Something yeah, sorry. extremely explosive happens in the middle of it. <laughs> you're, very, you're very right. Um, but I love that Paper Girls always feels like it's going to be a much quieter book. Or like it, it feels like it's going to be shorter. And then something will happen and you're like, oh, yeah, there's at least yeah, two yeah. more arcs to go. Yeah, you're the best BKB. I love it. <laughs> so good. It's so different to Saga as well. So different to Saga. Okay. And... Yeah. The characters and themes are so different. The story that it's telling is so different. It is a saga in itself, but mm-hmm. um, it's very different. Uh, it's great. Great book. And the, the art and the colors. And the cover. Always. Everything. So it's beautiful. Beautiful package. It's like comics. Single issue comics don't get better than this. They really don't. Yep. It's got everything going for it. Um, die, Die, Die continued this week with issue number three, written by Robert Kirkman, with art by uh, Chris, Chris Burnham. Burnham. Sorry, also written with Scott M. Scott M. Gimple and colors by Nathan Fairbarn. Great team. Yes. Um, and this is uh, a, a book that I'm actually liking more and more with this issue. I really... This is the uh, first Robert Kirkman book that I've really been like, I enjoy this a lot. Yeah. And, and that's it, because of Chris Burnham. And it's, <laughs> but he also, like, Kirkman's, like, writing filthy. Yeah. And it's really entertaining. Yeah. I, did, I wasn't sure of it, these first, the first two issues, but, like, I really like it. You know, we have, like, these... He's uh, disgusting. Presidential kind of... Uh, sex clubs. Yeah. Freaky sex clubs. So, it's like, a, it's like half of this issue is an orgy, and the other half is... Uh, like a, a heist gone wrong. Um, well, we see the character who... Um, so there's three assassin brothers and one of them, the evil one, has cut off his nose to pretend to be his good brother and we see his girlfriend slowly figuring out that it's not him and, and then course, she also has cool ninja powers. Yeah, she's also badass. So, man, so much fun. That, that was a brilliant final final, uh, final page. And the political stuff, it's like, it's, it's silly and it's goofy and it's just cynical enough and it's just um, sort of uh, topical enough. And, and also kind of dumb as well, which is what's also so fun dumb. about it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like, it, it's not taking itself... T- too seriously mm-hmm. it's not like an Alice Cott book yep. um, it's I, this is extremely enjoyable yep definitely and it's not as gross as like a Garth Ennis book when he's done similar things exactly and the, yeah. the ultra violence is it's just enough yep, for me definitely there's no one no one cuts off their nose in a horrific way in this issue but there's still plenty of uh, good violence yeah like the most gory panel is a picture of a steak yeah 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 <laughs> I'll just, uh, I feel like Chris Burnham is having a lot of fun with this book. Definitely. Um, and Kirkman too. Yeah, absolutely. Good fun. Um, the Walking Dead this week, uh, also written by Robert Kirkman. Keeps issue, on walking. Issue number 184. Keeps on walking while still being dead. What's oh the God. deal? That's Charlie Adlard on, uh, on Art Duties with uh, Stefano Gardino and Cliff Rathburn. 
on Grey Tones. Um, and this is about like our, our heroes uh, in a new civilized society, but they're learning with each issue that it's not as civilized as you'd think. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's this is a this is a much slower arc than what we've had in the in the past, and uh, I don't know how I'd feel about it if I was still buying this issue month to month. But uh, reading it is, is it is just it's almost like like when you um, get you know when, like if you ever, if you bought like the daily newspaper, you would get like four panels of a Dick Tracy story. Yes. Each day, it feels like that. And the first two panels are like um, recap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you're really just getting one panel. Every every day, that's what this this feels like, but it's still pretty good. Uh, final yes. image book is uh, the Last Siege, written by Landry Q. Walker um, with Justin Greenwood, Brad Simpson, and Patrick Brousseau. This is the kind of like sword soldiers and swords, souls and soldiers, whatever it is, uh, uh, book in which a, um, a kind of it's, it's like a vengeance book. Um, it's it's pretty good, big revenge story. Um, and in this, we learn uh, the kind of backstory of our. Hero who has kind of taken the place as the leader of this uh, doomed uh, castle, um, and we set set the stage for a big big fight between him and this uh, longtime nemesis for not just him but also uh, people that this awful guy has uh, fucked up and killed in the past. Good Hectic. shit, really good shit. Brilliant art by um, Justin Greenwood. Yeah, cool. Um, it's a good it's a good book. It's unlike anything else I'm reading at the moment. It's really fun. Marvel gave us Death of Inhumans this week, and that means that's a good comic. Sure is. Man, what a good issue. I only just read this this morning, so I'll actually have interesting things to say about it. Yeah, so they pulled Can't the guarantee it's going to be interesting. Sorry. Donny Cates uh, wrote this one with art by Ar- Ariel Olivetti, colors by Jordi Belair. Um, and uh, yeah, in the first few issues of Death of Inhumans, we saw the Inhumans die at the at the like basically like yeah like they, we see them disintegrated into nothing mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and uh, by this bad guy called vox and basically they've been trying to work out how what vox is doing like who's mm-hmm. who's basically they know that he has access to a lot of inhumans powers but and they assumed it was black bolt's power that was that he was using to kill the characters without spoiling it's not that it's and, not that and they pull they pull the rug out from us and uh you know, as we kind of you know assumed they would, and but it's done in a way that I never would have expected, and the kind of oh moment, yes. I'm so glad comes in this issue and not the fin- the final issue next yes. month because it just means that that issue is going to be even more fun. Donny Cates is so good. I really hope that Marvel don't just like work him until he uh, has nothing left, but like he has got some of the most fun, mm. creative, weird stories and like interesting ways of looking at things and new things that I haven't seen done in superhero I, I might be before. wrong, but it seems like everything he's done so far has been something he's pitched. I would assume which so. Which could be a big difference as to, you know, I feel like Rosenberg just gets thrown on anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, but this is so fun. We've got Beta Ray Bill. We've got all of the Inhumans working Some together. Great, great Karnak moments. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I love this version of Black Bolt. I love his Black Bolt. But the big twist is just, it's brilliant. It's, yeah. ma- it's a masterstroke. It's something that you rarely get in a superhero comic where you, like, I'm not, I couldn't predict Genuinely that. surprised. Like, what the fuck? Great. Yeah. Great a moment, moment of genuine surprise is such a rare thing when you read all of the superhero comics and they tend to work with similar themes and similar things seem to happen all the time yeah. to keep the status quo. Um, but so this is, it's real, it's a real treat. Yeah, definitely. So I, normally I would like just spoil what happened in a superhero comic flippantly, but I feel like everyone should read this and I'm not, not sure if everyone is. So uh, Absolutely. pick up Death of the Inhumans uh, when you can because it's real good stuff. Yep. Uh, Donny Cates also wrote Cosmic Ghost Rider this week, which is also fantastic with brilliant art by Dallin Bur- Dylan Burnett. So fun. My, one of my favorite Cates collaborators at this point. Just such good art. Um, Antonio Fabella um, on, uh, on colors. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider is, of course, the, uh, the mad 
uh, and powerful uh, Frank Castle many, many years into the future, endowed with cosmic powers. Yep. Um, He's a Ghost Rider and a Herald of Galactus. Yes. Um, and uh, also kind of a Deadpool in a way. Also kind of a Deadpool. Uh, but he basically uh, kidnapped Thanos and tried to raise him himself. And so now we have this weird future version in which Thanos becomes the Punisher. It's good fun, guys. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's now Frank Castle with two, two Thanoses. Yep. Um, Baby tro- Thanos. An adult Punisher Thanos. It's and it's so silly, but it's so compelling and and good yeah. and a really interesting study of the Punisher, more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what makes the Punisher tick? Yeah, it's so great. Why is he? Why does he have this sort of? Uh, no, this is a point that I will not cross. Where yeah, exactly. does that? Where yeah, is yeah. that point for him? Um, also, we get to see. I was trying to ex- sell this book um, to the girls at Queens on Sunday, and um, I was like, "Yeah, it's like a baby Thanos, and the Punisher is carrying around baby Thanos." And one of the girls was like, "Does he carry him in a baby carrier?" I was like, "Yes," and the baby carrier is made of chains. <laughs> what more do you want, guys? It's so good. Although there are many times in this where I forget that it's chains, and it looks like he's wrapped in intestines. <laughs> <laughs> also, also good. Also a good option. Um, but yeah, great, great series. Really yeah. fun, really silly and funny, but also just like a solid. It's Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Um, I read Tony Stark Iron Man this week, and uh, this book is reaching the potential that I was hoping it would. Oh, yeah. Written by Dan Slott with Valerio Shitty and Edgar Delgado on art duties. It's got um, a smooch on the cover. Yeah. Uh, look, it is a lot of it is exploring the kind of uh, you know relationships with that, that these characters have with AI and whether or not these AI should... Basically, it's about AI rights. Okay, yeah. But it's done in a kind of fun... Not quite hokey, but it is, it, it's, it's approached with a really fun mentality. Um, Sorry, I just saw that. I hadn't seen an ad for that before. Cool, cool, cool. Donny Cates, Travel Foreman, Marvel Knights. Great, great, yeah, great, great. Real great. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in this, uh, it's it's just it's it's clever. Like basically, the, this this kind of in- introduces like a, a Stark developed version of Tinder, which gets taken over by a rogue AI. And, Hilarious. And, and and basically like finds everyone their perfect match and then sends an evil robot <laughs> to them, which is just and it's just it's it's a lot of fun. Like every issue has been a kind of one and done with a with with threads continuing to each issue, um, and I am looking forward to when it is becoming like a more like you know a, a bigger story. Mm-hmm. But these have been fun issues, and this is probably the funnest issue so far. Yeah, cool. Um, and I like his take on Tony. It's it's just like it's just like a, a fun, sexy Tony. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want, I suppose. Um, I also caught up on Mark Wade's Doctor Strange run, which yes. I dropped off on after the first issue. And then everyone in our Facebook group in the last week have been talking about how good it got. Yeah. Um, so I caught up and I read, in this already busy week, I managed to read an extra six issues of Doctor Strange. Oh, my God. Uh, so Doctor Strange issue six um, uh, sees Doctor Strange return to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, he's been in space these last five issues and it's been narrated by someone... Um, which in issue five is revealed to be Doctor Strange narrating his own story okay. from space, which was a fun little reveal. And he's, he's narrating it to Bats, the ghost dog, okay. who I was worried would never show up again. Yes, I'm glad um, Bats is back. And uh, so now he returns to Earth and there's like a fun twist. And then basically it's Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange. Uh, what? It's great. It's space fun. Doctor Strange versus regular like the, Doctor Strange? There's a, there's a twist. Okay. Uh, it's not actually, you know, it's not, it's not what, we, what, we, what it may seem. Okay. Um, but uh, it's it's really, really cool and fun, and uh, I'm definitely going to be continuing this series now. Okay. It's good right. to read a good Mark Wade right, book. All right, And it justified the thing I didn't, lo- didn't like about that first issue, which was the narration, mm. which I thought saw as unnecessary and overwinded. But now that I knew it was strange doing it, it's like, oh, that makes total sense. He is unnecessary and overwinded. Very so, true. Yeah. Uh, good, good stuff. Did you read Asgardians of the Galaxy? Nah. Issue two came out this week, written by Colin Bunn, with art by Matteo Lolli and Federico Bli. Um, this is another big step up from the first issue um, in which uh, a bunch of Asgardians... Uh, no, no. 
people from Asgard become uh, the guardians of the galaxy to investigate some cosmic nonsense. Um, and uh, it had a moment in which it, they, 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 they trick us into thinking that Throg has been eaten and killed. Oh, no. I'm, I'm here to tell you, there's no way they would let the, let the best character get eaten and killed. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, I, think, not. I think Cullen Bunn writes a pretty good kid Loki. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, look, this is a much better than the first issue, which I know you didn't like either. But, uh, yeah. I thought I'd give it another shot, and this is pretty, pretty solid. That is it for Marvel, Image, and DC. Um, I've got two books from Black Crown to talk about in the other publishers section. Do you have any more than that? No, I think that's it. Um, House I read of both Muck. of those. House of Muck came out, uh, issue number two came out, written by Christopher Sabella with, um, God damn it, where do you put your credit information? You tell me about the book while I find the credits. Um, okay, so this is the book where... A family is on the road committing horrific crimes and that because family of a conspiracy theory. Is drawn by Sean McManus. There you go. Rove's brother. That doesn't make any sense <laughs> to anyone outside of Australia. Also not true. Uh, yeah, so also not true. Yeah, basically it's like a family dealing dealing with like, you know, basically like this this shows the point at which the family was driven to start studying the occult and and, and doing human sacrifices and stuff like that. Yes, and, and also- the moment where everything went from being a fun game to being a horrifying, horrifying murder crimes For one, one person in the family. Yes. Um, and so it, she, she is a twin. He mm-hmm. or she is a twin. Um, and she, and so she's kind of going along with this awful, awful killing spree that her family are embarking upon mm. whilst trying to somehow escape. Yes. Um, it's, it's a cool series. It's a really, like, interesting concept. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I like it. Like, in, in a sort of horrifying way. And it's not necessarily the most, like, um, I don't love the art. Mm. Um, it doesn't, but the story is pretty compelling. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, we're gonna get, I guess we're going to see what this girl is uh, gonna, going to have to do mm-hmm. um, in order to kind of, like, Take down the family that she still loves. And also, while still, like, going along with what they are asking her to do. Yeah. To not blow a cover. Good fun. Really interesting. Um, also coming out through Blackout this week was Euthanauts issue number three, written by Teeny Howard, um, with uh, Nick Robles on art and colors by Ava Dela Cruz. It's so beautiful. It's a great book. This it's really one. good. And the art is phenomenal on this yeah. book too. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically, um, a, a woman has been a younger woman has been connected to an older scientist lady who has died, but their souls are entwined. Yes. Um, and. Uh, they're she, going to uncover the secrets of the afterlife together. But she's also been left with, like, the, the lab belonging to this scientist and all mm-hmm. of her possessions, but also has to collaborate with all these people from, from this woman's life, including, like, her partner's estranged son or something weird yep. like that, who has a very different idea of science to everyone else in the book. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's fun. There's, a, there's some great, great scenes of, uh, of uh, the main character partying and getting fucked up and mm-hmm. getting fucked as well. Nice. Um, but uh, then, uh, like, yeah, we, when when basically like you know accepting responsibility, but also trying to like numb her mind mm. uh, to the insane stuff that she's now a part of. I, I think it's good. It balances a lot of stuff. Absolutely, good characters, interesting plot, fun. It feels like a sort of again, it feels like a, a '90s Vertigo book, but written by a woman. It's crazy. Yeah, um, and uh, the art is excellent stuff too. Yeah. Tini Howard's great. I Tini really, Howard is really great, and she's so young. She is writing, like, the hell out of a load of comic books. And she is a young, young woman, and she is killing it. And, and 
She's, she's going to be doing one of the Marvel Knights books as well. Yeah. Which awesome. is exciting. Great. Good um, call, Marvel. One of the most exciting things, though, in the back matter of uh, the Black Crown uh, book. Of course, the Black Crown is the uh, imprint um, published by IDW, but it's run by Shelley Bond, who uh, was one of the best editors over at Vertigo in the Vertigo's heyday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she mentions in the back matter that her favorite comic of all time, whenever she's asked to, to name it, is Stray Bullets. Which, Whoa. Uh, listeners of the podcast will know is Only one of... losers listen to. One of I my... Mean, f- Oh man! <laughs> You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Um, but one of my favorite comics of all time, and uh, an absolute like you know, I, I just lose my mind every time I get a new issue. Um, and that is finishing its current run very very soon. Mm-hmm. And um, then after that, the uh, its creators, um, David and his wife Maria Lapham, are um, starting a new series called Lodger, which is going to be published by Shelley Bond and Black Crown. And it looks and sounds like it's going to be real great. Looks awesome. Looks um, really good. Black Crown are really really doing. Great things, I think. Yep. Punk's Not Dead is out in trade this week, and I recommend people pick it up. Definitely. Um, it's good shit, but fucking hell. New, new David Laffin book. Very yes, excited. Um, I'm excited so to be able to start something from the beginning by him. You should just go back and read Story Bullets. I can lend you the enormous uh, omnibus if you want. All right, all right. <laughs> You'd love it. I know, I would. Um, so that is it for the episode. Uh, another great one. Sorry we were a bit late this week, but yeah. unfortunately, some of us have to play weird food events all over the country. <laughs> It's like your niche, though. Yeah, Who I else know. are they going to get to DJ exactly. a food event? Yeah. What other? What other? What other DJ also writes food reviews? Exactly. It's the only, it's the only way you can get booked for a food event. Absolutely. No, no other DJs know what food is. <laughs> they don't eat. Um, they look, only consume beets. It would be really, really cool if you uh, spent a moment considering supporting the show, um, and if you spend a moment and realize, I will. You should head to patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. Give us a couple of dollars and uh, you'll get access to a bunch of bonus material that we've recorded in the past. Um, plus, the, the warm knowledge that you're supporting uh, to people who spend a lot of their week reading comics so they can talk about it for mm-hmm. your enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when things get a little less he- hectic, um, we'll be recording some bonus material for you to uh, listen to uh, over the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of trades to talk about. I'm yeah. sure Siobhan yeah. must be reading up to 20 trades since we recorded a, a, a bonus episode. So. I have a bunch. Looking forward to doing that. Um, again, that's patreon.com slash series podcast. And we thank everyone who is a, uh, a supporter mm-hmm. um, so far. Um, again, join us in Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash series podcast to discuss the episode. And uh, until then, we will see you next week. Uh, enjoy your new week of comic book reading, which starts now. Nice. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.